Let's pray. Father God, thank you for, for giving us music that uh, brings the, the, the text to life and we get to proclaim great truths about who you are. Lord, thank you for your word that speaks to us those truths. Lord, I pray that you help us by your Holy Spirit here in this place, living in us, to give you right now our focus, our hearts, our minds, our attention. For we are yours, and we praise you in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. Our children are a priceless treasure. Like seeds that we have to protect, nurture, and cultivate, our children will grow learn, and reflect their environment. With nurturing and preparation, they will be ready to take their first big steps. In our nation, we're seeing the effects of moral decline and the turning away from God and His Word as a reliable source of truth. Christian schools provide a safe place for children to be children and an environment to nurture their growth in body, mind, and spirit. A Christian school education assists parents in raising up a child the way God's Word tells us. Deuteronomy 11:18 through 20 says, Fix these words of mine in your hearts and your minds. Tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Teach them to your children, talking about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. Write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates. In the greater Philadelphia area, there are numerous Christian schools that are committed to training our children to become wholehearted followers of Christ, engaged in their studies, active in their communities, and well-prepared to daily influence the world around them. Having our child in a Christian school is kind of great because it keeps us on our toes at home. All of a sudden, your kid comes home and she's got her memory verses that she's learning, or she's got her Bible stories that she's teaching us. So in a way, it's almost a two-way stream that benefits each of us. Our child is growing in her faith here like every day. Sending my child for a large portion of the day to a place where I know people love her means the world to me. Our schools are some of the best in the area, focused on holistic growth, academic excellence, and spiritual formation. Christian schools are able to achieve this because of the unique role they play in cooperation with your family and your church. Christian school graduates rank significantly higher on national test scores, are more likely to attend church, and are more likely to pray and read God's Word. Our graduates develop respect for authority, moral integrity, and strong character. I recommend it because they'll be further along than we were when we came out of high school. So that, that's the goal of the sacrifice of putting our kids in private Christian schools and making a sacrifice for it to work. DiscoverChristianSchools.com is your guide to Christian schools in the greater Philadelphia area. Visit us online to learn why you should consider Christian education and to get in touch with Christian schools near you. To learn more, text the number on the screen right now. almost didn't show this video. Uh, 
we didn't want to offend anyone. We didn't want to offend those who might homeschool or those who might send their children to public school, public school out of necessity or, or even choice. Not that I have any bias in the matter. <laughs> but but it, it, it certainly is not my intention to offend anyone in this. I showed this video not to offend, but because the, the video is good on a couple of levels. First of all, it causes us to consider a Christian education as an option for the schooling of our children, and a Christian education at a school is not a bad thing, is it? There's scholarships, and there, there's options out there for you if you want to check it out. But, but more importantly than that, th- this video is a reminder to us all to be aware to to be aware of how we are investing in the shaping of our children's Christian worldview. How are we, as as parents, as grandparents, as those who influence the lives of the children around us, maybe you you teach a Sunday school class, maybe you have children that that are related to you that that come and, and you share time with them. How are we helping them to know Christ? and to see the world through the lens of his word. If you've chosen homeschool, are you teaching, providing solid doctrinal lessons for them? Are you finding ways to integrate knowledge of Jesus with things like math? I know, it's hard to tie those two together unless you're Walt Hadell. Or, or English, or, or whatever, music. As our children's teachers, homeschool parents need to consciously insert Christ into the lessons that they teach, being sure that those lessons are in accord with God's Word, right? If you've chosen Christian school, don't think you're getting away with anything. Don't let go. Well, it's a a Christian school. What could go wrong? I'm sending them to a Christian school to get Christ in their education, right? But peer pressure and, and worldly influences sneak in absolutely everywhere. And you need to be aware of what they're being taught by somebody else when you aren't around. There are as many doctrinal views as there are denominations out there, aren't there? And, and not all of them align well with God's word. Going to a Christian school is a good start, but you need to be sure that you agree with that school's statement of faith and that it lines up with what you read in Scripture. And from there, you need to follow up in some way. What is your child being taught about Christ on a daily, ongoing basis? If you're sending them to public school, you know already that in this day and age, you will be battling worldly philosophies and false teaching, which are bound to make their way into the way your children think. Everything from evolution to gender fluidity. Public school is not what it was 40 years ago. And agreeing to disagree, as you might have noticed on Facebook or any other social media, agreeing to disagree is not enough for them anymore. Homeschool, Christian school, public school, whatever you choose or or at times chooses you, the, the real question that we want to get down to here is, how are you shaping your children's Christian worldview? How are we ensuring that the knowledge and input that they receive on a regular basis 
is being filtered through Christ and his word. Because no matter what kind of education we choose for them, they still live in a fallen world. And that fallen world will make its way into their heart and mind unless we guard it carefully. Unless we prepare them to personally deal with it. How is Christ becoming a part of how they think in their daily life? And what part do we play in that? Go ahead and open up your Bibles to Deuteronomy chapter 11. Deuteronomy chapter 11. It's the fifth book of the Old Testament. We're going to start at verse 18. Let's stand up for the reading of God's word. God wrote these words to the children of Israel. He said, You shall therefore lay up these words of mine in your heart and in your soul. And you shall bind them as a sign on your hand, and they shall be as frontlets between your eyes. You shall teach them to your children, talking of them when you are sitting in your house and when you are walking by the way, and when you lie down and when you rise. You shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates, that your days and the days of your children may be multiplied in the land that the Lord swore to your, for, to your fathers to give them, as long as the heavens are above the earth. For if you will be careful to do all this commandment that I command you to do, loving the Lord your God, walking in all his ways and holding fast to him, then the Lord will drive out all these nations before you, and you will dispossess nations greater and mightier than you. Every place on which the sole of your foot treads shall be yours. Your territory shall be from the wilderness to the Lebanon, from the river and the river Euphrates to the western sea. No one shall be able to stand against you. The Lord your God will lay the fear of you and the dread of you on all the land and you shall, that you shall tread as he promised you. The reading of God's word. Go ahead and be seated. God tells them that if you want success as the people of God, uh, a success that carries on generationally, you need to learn the word of God. You need to teach the word of God. And you need to walk the word of God. You need to learn, teach, and walk. Verse 18 again, it says, You shall therefore lay up these words of mine in your heart and in your soul, and you shall bind them as a sign on your hand, and they shall be as frontlets between your eyes. Learn the word of God. He says to the current generation, to the parents, he says, if you want to perpetuate a successful relationship with me, a relationship that will carry on through generations to come, look, look at verse 20 and 21. He says, you shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates that, here's the reason, that your days and the days of your children may be multiplied in the land that the Lord swore to your fathers to give them as long as the heavens are above the earth. It says, if you want a relationship that your children will take up and live out themselves, then you need to be immersed in my word yourselves. Be surrounded by it. Signs on your hands. Frontlets between your eyes. Let God's word be absolutely everywhere you turn. Everywhere you look, a constant in our lives. 
Verse 20 again. You shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. Written everywhere around the house. Your very household pouring forth the truths of God's own word. Have it everywhere. Don't give yourself the opportunity to look away from it because as soon as we look away from it and we start stepping away from it, it's really easy just to keep walking. It's got to stay in front of us constantly. And we we need to notice something here. Notice, Notice that he didn't lay this on the children. He did not say to them, be sure that your children have it in front of them. Be sure that you, you do this and make, make them do it, right? He says, you. Verse 18, you shall therefore lay up these words of mine on your heart and in your soul, and they shall be as frontlets between your eyes. You shall teach them to your children, talking of them when you are sitting, you, 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 right? The first step in shaping our children's Christ-centered filter is how deeply immersed in God's word we are. You mean I can't just take them to church? I can't just send them to somebody else who knows God's word? And... No. Absolutely not. We may not wear frontlets on any longer, and we may not carve scripture into our doorposts and our our gates, but we need to find ways to encompass our lives with the word of God, to be sure that we are taking it in on a regular basis, constantly, spending time reading it, meditating on it, that one-on-one devotional time with God, when we're at home, when we're on our break at work, wherever, whenever, that time that you spend alone with God, that's going to establish something for your children, something for the children in your lives. Whenever, wherever we can spend that time growing in our own walk with Christ growing in our knowledge of him through his word, that's going to do something for the other people in your life. In this day and age, we have access to the complete word of God, don't we? We have it in our hands. We have it on our devices, on our phones. We carry it with us everywhere we go in multiple translations, don't we? Perhaps it's become so common that we've forgotten just how uncommon It is. Did you know that there are about 135 million books published in the world? Give or take a few. But only one proclaims the words of the creator of all all things. We need to spend time hearing from solid teachers who are dedicated to proclaiming the truth of God's word being exhorted to apply it and taught its simplicity as well as its doctrinal complexity for everything that it says. And it doesn't just have to be on Sunday. Speaking of those devices that we carry God's word around, you can can subscribe to a podcast, can't you? You have access now 
to teachers that people never had access to before unless they went to their church. You can listen to Alistair Begg anytime you want to. Piper anytime you want to. You can even listen to McGee, even though he isn't around anymore, right? Whoever, whatever. We need to take time to fellowship with other believers where we can bring Scripture into real life and have those conversations about what's going on and how God's Word comes together with that. In our own lives, we need to just be soaking in it. If we want to have a solid relationship with Christ that can be passed on to the next generation, we need to have the influence of God's Word all around us. From, from the music we listen to, to the people we hang out with, to, to spending time with it on the couch and lacing it into our conversations. A constant in our lives. So much so that it goes from words in a book to a knowledge of the truth of God that enters our hearts and our souls. Verse 18, he said, You shall lay up these words of mine in your heart and in your soul. Not just a casual knowledge, but something that's deep within our very person, so deep that it becomes a part of who we are, an influence on our choices. Do we let the Word of God influence where we're going to eat, what we're going to spend, what music we're going to listen to, all these things? that uh, The wisdom of God that causes us to be discerning, we need to be immersed in God's word ourselves to the point that it goes beyond mere religion to mere Christianity. A love for God and a desire to live for him. Because we recognize what he's done for us in Jesus Christ. We need to be immersed in God's word so deeply that it alters our perspective on life and affects everything that we are and do. But, but that takes time. We've got sports and music lessons and, and other activities i got to get to. It takes time. And time is money, right? We call it spending time, don't we? How are we investing our time? But when you think about investments, do you want to make a short-term investment? Like a meal, you eat it, it's gone, right? Or do you want to make a long-term, an, an eternal investment? You won't lose out on the time that you invest in your walk with Christ. Because that is a relationship that will not come to an end. We need to be so invested in the things of God that when our children look at us and see our lives just surrounded and immersed in the word of God, that, that they start to question us. They ask us, why? Why do you spend time in God's word? Why do we go to church? Why? What is this? Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 20. See, Deuteronomy 11 is just a reiteration of Deuteronomy 6. That's how significant this concept is to God, that just a few chapters later, he starts to say the same things all over again. But in Deuteronomy 6, he, he, verse 20, he mentions this. He says, when your son asks you in time to come, because they've seen your life immersed in God's word, like we were talking about, 
What is the meaning of the testimonies and the statutes and rules that the Lord your God, our God, has commanded you? He tells them in chapter 6 that you need to be so invested in your walk with me that your children look at you and say, why? We need to surround ourselves with God's word in a way that causes a curiosity in the people and the children in our lives. And a desire to know the God that we know. Because in Psalm 119, we're reminded over and over again in that psalm that God's word leads us to understanding. Through your precepts, I get understanding. Therefore, I hate every false way. Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. God's word teaches us about the reality of God in a fallen world that has completely deserted him. We need to learn from God's word ourselves. Committing it to our hearts and souls so that we can then teach it. Verse 19. You shall teach them to your children. Talking of them when you're sitting in your house, when you're walking by the way, and when you lie down, and when you rise. How do you teach your children the word of God? What, what is the plan, the, the very real plan that you have to teach your children the word of God? Rarely will we teach our children about God by happenstance. We need to consider how we're going to do that. Proverbs 22.6 says, Train up a child in the way he should go, and even when he is old, he will not depart from it. Now, let, let's remember that this is a proverb, <clears throat> not a promise. But we all do carry with us the things that we learned as a child, don't we? We carry them with us through the rest of our lives. The oven is hot! Now, some people might touch the oven again, but for the most part, we remember that one, right? When we teach our children about God, what he's done, what he's said, it may or may not be a formal occasion. Maybe in the morning you do a devotional. You read some of God's word. You consider a concept from it. And you send them off to school with a word of prayer, right? And this prepares them to have God's word stored in their hearts for when the time comes. Maybe that particular concept won't touch them in that day or that week or that month, but maybe six months later. Because you've prepared them, they have that concept from God's word hidden in their hearts and ready to be applied. Maybe you do that in the morning and then later in the day they, they come home and it was a rough day. The teacher was too strict. Their peers teased them and their bully stole their lunch money. How does God enter into this stuff? The, the daily stuff. Does our advice and words of comfort and love, do, do they come from a worldly perspective or from a godly one? Do, do we give to our children, oh, don't worry, time heals all wounds. How many of us are guilty of giving worldly philosophies as help to our children? Oh, come on, you can raise your hand. 
We've all been raised with those things. They've become ingrained in who we are. We learned them as children, didn't we? So we give them to our children. Or do we show them how God's word connects with life? Do we remind them that, yeah, I know, these things are difficult and these people have been mean, but we are all sinful, aren't we? We all do these kinds of things. It's a, it goes in accord with God's word. God was honest with us, wasn't he? Oh, yeah. Yeah, he was. Well, well, how can you then reflect the love of Christ, the love that Christ has shown you? How can you reflect that to them in spite of what they've done? Because Christ did that for you in spite of what you've done. Are we bringing these kinds of concepts to our children's ears, to their hearts, to their minds? Just conversationally, how can we bring Christ into the real situations of their lives? How can we connect their life with the word of God and not allow it to be something that's separated? Oh, this is a Sunday thing. How can we show them the hand of God in the trials? King David had trials, didn't he? As we've been going through the book of Acts, we've seen that Paul had trials, and God worked through all of those things. And as we think about King David, and we think about Paul, and all the other people through Scripture that had difficulties and trials and sins, and kind of brings us back to point one, doesn't it? If we're going to apply God's Word to their lives, we need to know God's Word, don't we? If we're going to teach it, we've got to know God according to His Word. But as we know God's word, surrounding our lives with it, committing it to our hearts and souls, we need to be able to explain those concepts and how God fits into every aspect of our lives. And this takes practice. God tells us in his word to practice our faith, right? To work it out. Do it. And do it again. And the first time might be sloppy. Maybe we're afraid. I'm not going to be able to really teach God's word that well to my children. And yeah, yeah, the first time's going to be sloppy. But the more times we do it, the more we practice it, the better we're going to get at it, the more confident and the more capable we will become. And then your children will see you growing in that, and they will grow in that, and they will respect you for it. It is not too late to begin to show your children your love for God. For our children's sake, we need to be able to talk about God beyond religion and beyond Sunday morning, teaching them how the reality of him and the truth of his word come together with the world around us in the everyday. Whether we're sitting at home or walking by the way, lying down or rising up, whether we are working on a project with them for school or or cooking dinner or going to the store, how does God fit in? to all of these things? How does the word of God apply to our lives? But remember, we may know God's word. We may be able to teach God's word. But it never comes to life until we begin to actually walk in God's word in front of their eyes. Verses 22 and 23. For if you will be careful to do all this commandment that I command you to do, loving the Lord your God, walking in all his ways, and holding fast to him, then the Lord will drive out all these nations before you, and you will dispossess nations greater than you, on and on and on. If if you begin to walk with me, then I will take you places. He tells them nothing's going to happen 
You can know it, you can teach it, but nothing's going to happen until you begin to walk in it. You, you can surround yourself with great teaching and memorization. You can be rich in your theology. You can pass these truths as, as, as book knowledge onto your children. But nothing's going to happen. It won't take root until you live it. We must live out our faith for our children to see. Because just like the oven is hot concept, we... we the strongest lessons come from meeting the reality of it, don't, doesn't it? Your parents say, the oven's hot, don't touch. And then as, as the little child, you think, sure it is. And then you walk over to the oven and you go, right? Why do you remember never to touch the oven again? Because you met the reality and you know the pain, Right? I mean, how many of us actually touch the oven to understand it, right? How many of us have had to learn life lessons, and the strongest life lessons that we have learned have been learning them the hard way, right? Experientially. I, I used to work at a Christian school. I taught music there for 13 years. And I can't tell you how many children knew the right answers. They could regurgitate all the good stuff, but had no idea how it was supposed to meet reality. They had no real, lasting faith, even though they had grown up in a system that had taught them all the right stuff from elementary school all the way through high school. But because they couldn't or, or didn't see it at home, it held no value for them. Parents are not only our, teacher, our, our children's most significant teachers, they are our children's most significant example. Children can spot an inconsistency a mile away, can't they? <laughs> so Paul says in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 4, Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. We need to be careful to never live a do-as-I-say-and-not-as-I-do kind of faith, one that frustrates or provokes our children because they get disciplined for things that we would never discipline ourselves for. A faith that shows them nothing but inconsistency or hypocrisy, which, which happens to be the leading cause that people will give for not attending church. Oh, I don't want to go to that place. It's full of hypocrites, Right? But instead, we need to live out for them a faith to be seen, one that strives to live a walk with Christ, even if it isn't perfect. And when we fail, which we will, we're quick to admit it, to confess it, and to repent of it. In a way, place, and time that, that they can see it in us, that, that shows them that our faith holds water, it is real. That we really believe what we say to them. I have seen successful Christian men and women come from homeschool, from Christian school, and from public school. <laughs> look at me. I came out of public school. Well, don't look at me. <laughs> Maybe that's not a good example. Each one of these forms of education has its challenges, doesn't it? 
as those who influence the lives of our children, we need to know what those challenges are and be ready to take them on, actively take them on, being proactive and not just reactive. By being surrounded by God's word in our own lives, soaking in it, taking it in, so that we can walk our own walk before Christ and they can see it in us, just daily conversing with them about what God has said with us, said to us, and teaching them, and, and then showing them our faith and how we live, how the reality of Christ applies to the realities of this fallen world. And Paul sums this all up really well in his advice to Timothy. He says in 1 Timothy chapter 4, command and teach these things. Let no one despise you for your youth, but set the believers an example in speech, in conduct, in love, in faith, in purity. Until I come, devote yourself to the public reading of Scripture, to the exhortation, to teaching. Do not neglect the gift which you have, which was given you by prophecy when the council of elders laid their hands on you. Practice these things. Immerse yourself in them so that all may see your progress. Keep a close watch on yourself and on the teaching. Persist in this, for by doing so, you will save both yourself and your hearers. Our lives lived in faith. According to God's word, hearts that understand and mouths that speak the truths that we know and lives that line up with what we say. This is the greatest evangelistic tool that we have for our children, our soil, for those all around us to see the consistency and the reality of our faith. Beth Kidd was up here last Sunday and she told us about her son and, and how... Her son came home one day after spending some time here in Alden with some relatives. He went back home. And he asked her, why can't we live in Alden? We've got family there. Why do we have to live in inner city Boston? And she didn't put him off with a pat answer, did she? But she invited him to walk with her in prayer. She said, well, let's pray about it. She spoke to him about Christ, and she lived out her faith right there with him. She invited him to, to, to keep their eyes and ears open for an answer from God. She surrounded her own life with Christ as she lived it out there in ministry. She spoke to him about Christ. She taught him the concepts, and she lived out her faith with him. And he saw God at work as that friend came to the house one day whose, whose house had been burned out and he lost his family and he came knocking on their door and the son answered the door and saw his friend there who he hadn't seen for some time and went to his mom and said, I know God has given us his answer. This is why we are here. We need to be immersed in our faith in the same way so that our children see the reality of Christ in us. Yes, take your children to church. Give them all the tools you can. But we can't leave it there. 
when we read in Scripture and we proclaim to them or to others that they were devoted to the study of God's Word, are we? Or is it just something we say to our children so that they'll go read their Bibles? We read in Scripture that they were devoted to fellowship. Are we? They were devoted to prayer. Are we? They were devoted to breaking bread together. Do we? If we know it, but don't show this to be the important stuff of our lives, if we look into God's word and live it out only as an inconvenience, if it's too hard for those of us who believe to cross the boundaries of comfort and preferences and walk in the upward call of Christ Jesus, who else is going to believe it? If we invite our children to the adventure of faith in Christ and they, they see it as just another fence or a safety net, why would they want it? Learn about it. Talk about it live it before their eyes. Let's shape our children's worldview so that the world doesn't do it for us. Let's pray. Father God, we lift up to you our children. Your children. They will be the ones who carry the faith into the next generation. They will be the leaders of your church. And Lord, we pray that you help us to give them the greatest foundations that we can possibly give to them. Lord, I pray that you would help us to have strength and, and efficiency of time and all the things that we just can't manage on our own. But by your spirit, would you help us to be immersed in your word regularly so that we grow in our own walk with you. Pray, Lord, then from there you help us to have mouths that can, can form these things into, into words and, and statements and, and teach them to our children through their lives and the things that they encounter. Would you help us to, to share Christ through what's going on with them? Lord, help us to walk it by your Spirit. For we don't have the strength in and of ourselves, but we want to be a church family that lives it. Lord, we praise you for this time, for your word, for this family. All in Jesus Christ's name.